Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. everybody how you doing well that's good welcome to broad street hockey's post game live on spotify green room my name is bill Matz. i'm your director of fun and games for the evening uh you know this game went about as uh, as i expected it to i thought they were going to lose 8-3 uh turned out to only be 6-3 but they hung in there for a little longer than i expected i chalked that up more to uh you know toronto not being fully into this game engaged with you know, one of the worst teams in the league, as opposed to the Flyers really playing well. But the Flyers did some things well early in this game. Uh, They had a little momentum, thought they played hard. Uh, They're just not very good. Uh, We saw that Simmons-McEwen fight. I thought the referees, the officials, should have been locked in prison uh, for breaking it up early in the third period. McEwen's got some stuff to work on this summer. (laughs) He was a little overmatched there against Simmons. Pretty much everybody's a little overmatched against Wayne Simmons. He's an incredible fighter. I've only ever seen him lose a few ever. Uh, Like, the only one that really comes to mind is Jamie Alexiak, who's the size of my fucking house. Uh, But beyond that, the story of this game is obviously Keith Yandel being benched. Um, We've spent plenty of time talking about it on Twitter. We've spent plenty of time in this postgame talking about how bad Keith Yandel has been. Uh, I'll just give my take right here, right now. Good should have happened way sooner. It was charity for him to even get the streak. He does not belong in the NHL. He's not good enough. He's one of the worst players in the league. And it had to end eventually. Just remember, like, at one point, the Broncos told Jerry Rice, you're no better than a fourth receiver. Basically, they cut him, but they let him retire. Like, sometimes you're just done. Keith Yandel is just done. Yeah, I guess they could have let him get to a 1,000, but what's the difference? This streak is meaningless. It's going to be broken by Phil Kessel and 989, 1,000. Regardless, it's the record. He has the record. That's it. He got it. That's all this season was about for him. Like, you know, if, if he could play a little bit, wouldn't a team have traded for him? Wouldn't somebody have been interested They weren't because he's horrible. He hasn't earned this streak. The only reason he got the streak is because he had the streak going. It's a fraudulent record, and it's going to be broken the end. All right, let's get to everyone's uh, calls. We'll start it off with Chris H. I think you were first. Chris H., you're live. Oh, hey, Bill. How are you doing? How's it going tonight, Chris? Um. I'm just ready for the season to end. <laughs> I can't wait, dude. I cannot wait. Like, they're playing back-to-back weekend night games. Forget the fact that it's WrestleMania. Just, like, who does this to, who does this to fans? Oh, yeah, Saturday and Sunday night, the games are good. Why? Why would you do this? And, I mean, it's like, I don't even know if this is going to be the worst part because in the offseason, they want to retool this thing. 
what is there to retool exactly? I mean, we're going to, I mean, apparently the trade deadline, there was a rumor going around Chuck Fletcher wanted to trade JVR for Jeff Petrie. Yeah, that guy who's washed up on a, has like four years left at seven million or something. We're going to, how's that going to help us? How's that going to help us? It's, it's not like they're going to, like I said last show, you know, it's a bad idea when I get shit faced and try to slide down a railing, like on the Broad Street Line <laughs> or the Wells Fargo Center or something. But sometimes I land on my feet. So it's like, oh, I guess it worked. Like, there's a way for them to make this offseason work. But, like, chances are it's going to be a disaster. Yeah, I'm just hoping that they don't trade. I mean, the you know, people want to trade Sandheim. Please do not trade Sandheim and keep – you know, they can't get rid of Risto now. He's stuck here. So, I mean, I guess their options are to keep, you know, trade because we don't have a lot of assets people want. I mean, I guess you're going to trade Sandheim and maybe Konechny, but I mean, I don't know what value Konechny has. I mean, yeah, I think, I think at least one of Sandheim, Provorov and Konechny are gone. I think at least one of them, perhaps two. Uh, but man, Sandheim's just looked good for a while now. I, I, I can't see that happening. I think Sandheim is like the best defenseman we have. The problem is he's just stuck with Risto. I mean, he's putting anybody with Risto line in is like Jack Johnson. Like he's going to drag you down. Like he, his game doesn't complement Sandheim. Yes, he's big. He can hit. Sandheim, he's a guy like, oh, it's just really frustrating. I'm like, put Sandheim, like, put him on the top pair. Do something with him. Give him more time. I mean, or give him a better partner for crying out loud, Chuck, because you are... Because because Risto hits, they seem to be under the impression that he's, like, some sort of stay-at-home defenseman or something. (laughs) And, like, he's not. He's he's pretty bad with the puck, but, like, he's a puck-moving defenseman who needs to generate offense. And, like, for some reason, they're trying to fit him into this weird role that I, I don't really understand at all. But, uh, you know, I, it was tough to fully understand giving up everything they gave up for him. Um, sometimes you think you can, you know, sometimes reclamation projects work okay. But, like, to see the shape the team is in and then go, yeah, we need to keep him badly. We need to keep him so bad. We need to guarantee him $25.5 million. Oh, like, it does not bode well for whatever the offseason plan might be, Chris. And my last point, Bill, is, I mean, I, this is going to make some people mad probably, but, I mean, Carter Hart, I think he looked really good at the beginning of the year. He was standing on his head a lot. But recently, I'm just noticing he has given up too many bad goals. It's like he made the. It's like sometimes he just loses his technique. He makes himself look small and net. And there's just – you're picking corners, you're picking – I mean, he's not covering off the net enough. And his stats have just been going down and down. And if you're a true number one guy, if you are a true – if you're going to be the guy that leads us to a Stanley Cup because Chuck said this is going to be a retool, so you have to be that guy, then you should be able to overcome a lot of this defensive, you know, struggles. Like the number one guys in the league cover up for those mistakes. They don't crumble under them. They don't – lose games consistently because of him. So he has to improve his consistency if this team wants to go anywhere. Yeah, I thought he was not great tonight. Thanks a lot, Chris. He made some saves. I think, like, one, he's young. Two, I really do believe there have been plenty of games this year where he's given up four goals and looked really good doing so. Like, this team is fucking horrible. Um, 
he does have to, you know, he does have to get better consistency. That comes with age, young players. What's the hardest thing in the league? Play well and then go out and play well again the next day. I think it's just, uh, for the most part, I've loved what I've seen out of Carter Hart this year. Um, he was bad tonight, made some mistakes, made a puck handling mistake. Obviously, the puck off the backboards. You know, sure, I guess he can make himself look small in net, but also, like, yeah, John Tavares picks corners sometimes, you know? Like, he's 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 pretty good. Um, I, I just think the team's horrible. Like, that's pretty much it. Uh, Harris Barnes. Harris, you're live. Uh, how are you doing, Bill? What's going on tonight, Harris? Uh, so this is the first game where I, like, watched the vast majority of the game because, I, like, I – I was intrigued by this matchup, um, plus all the news from today, and I just want to watch the Leafs lose. But, of course, that's not going to happen. Um, I actually liked the effort through the first two periods, and then they yeah. just decided we're not playing defense in the third period. And, like, if you're a really good offensive team, I guess you can do that. But when you're not going to score that much, and they probably should have had more goals because the Leafs' defense sucks. But, like, when you're yeah, I mean, the not that good. Yeah, the goals, like, one of the worst teams in the league, especially right now. Like, they have no goaltending. Nothing's going right for them. And, like, the Leafs really didn't try all that yeah. hard. Like, I don't know if the Flyers so much, like, didn't, like, apply themselves in the third period or if it just kind of was like the Leafs went, let's win this game because we are so much better than them. Yeah, and – I don't know. Um, I thought it was kind of weird that Noah Cates was put up that high. I guess you're just trying shit at this point, but like he's not a first line player. Yeah, it's just I guess see what see what he does, see how he reacts. You know, just yeah. They only have so many guys at this point. Yeah, I, I liked. I, there were two or three specific rushes where, and I tweeted about it, like where Provorov actually led the rush. And, like, was looking, like, trying shit. And I just haven't seen that consistently yeah. in so long. And I'm like, finally, Ivan, like, actually, like, play some offense. Like, we know, like, your defensive game is what it is. Like, play some offense and, and be – Eric Carlson, at least, did not um, fucking, like, some defensive defenseman that, like, doesn't even – isn't that good at defense and doesn't score. Like, I, I'd rather have Eric Carlson, even if your, your D zone coverage is – not great as opposed to just being safe and not doing anything. So like, I like to see that from Provorov. Um, I've really like the Yandel stuff is what is, I don't really want to talk about it. Um, I, I, they should have just scratched me at the beginning of the season, just kind of a weird timing to do it now. Um, but um, yeah, they're just going to keep losing and um, the, the odds it's going to get better and better because other teams keep getting points. So yeah, Devils, uh, Devils blew what they have a six, two lead in the third period today. God damn, man. That would have been nice for them to pick up two points. They did get the loser points. So that helps out there. I think a point up on the flyers now. Um, yeah, uh, they're, they are just going to keep losing. Like you can see them. They put out a good effort. You see some nice plays out of some of the players you like, you get a little optimistic and then you just look and go, Oh yeah, they lost six, three. Like this is just who they are now. Um. Yeah, I, like I didn't think Hart was especially bad. I mean, the Lil, Lilligren goal off the end board, like that just sometimes happens to Hart, like just bad luck. Like the, the goals in the third period, uh, most of them were like the defense not playing any defense, the forwards not getting back or people puck watching. So like I, I can't really blame Hart. And, and I, I'm just worried like that's going to keep happening. And he's 
going to get his confidence continually ruined by like people just like deciding, yep, we're just not going to give a fuck. It is very much one of the reasons I want to see him shut down Harris because like, okay, we saw him. He bounced back from last year. We know he's healthy. Uh, we know he overcame whatever was, was bothering him last year, whether it was mentally, physically, whatever the problem was, his confidence was low. He did suck last year. I think we've seen enough to know he bounced back and looks like at least maybe not at this point a superstar goalie, but he is absolutely a number one in this league. And that's all we needed to see from him this year. You know, if he took that like step towards being a star, obviously awesome. But I just think what, what do they get out of playing him for the rest of this season behind fucking like Nick Sealer and Ronnie Adderd and Keith Yandel, who's going to come back in the lineup at some point? Like what, what is the point of all this? Yeah. Like I, I think he's, he, he's uh, it, it peak is probably like a, a little bit of a tier below carry like prime carry price, but I think he's a tier above like prime Steve Mason. So it's like yeah. what, what really happens to him based on the team, the defense, and his confidence. So, like, Yeah, he might not be that goalie who's like a Vezina candidate every year, but his best is definitely up there uh, to have a year like that, and you just have to have the team around him to capitalize when he has that year. Because like, he, he's developed faster than any CHL goalie since Price. He's like better than he's gotten to the NHL faster. He's like better than Darcy Kemper, and like Kemper's had some good seasons. Same with Grubauer. Like Hart, if he has a good team around him, like they can do something special. And it's just hilarious, and we all talk about it. Like they find the goalie, and then they just can't draft forwards and defensemen. Yep, pretty high. No forwards, no defensemen. Uh, that's it. Those are those are the two positions. <laughs> that's thanks a lot, Harris. Yeah, it's um, man, they just have such. They have so much work to do this off season. Like, I just, I don't know. I, yeah, if Couturier comes back healthy, which isn't a given, if Hayes gets back to full strength, which looks like that could happen. Uh, if Ellis comes back healthy, which isn't a given, sure, the team's better and they can make additions. But, like, why should I believe that they're going to be the right additions? You know, I just... I have very little confidence in this organization. Uh, I think Nikki Hall is next. Nikki, you're live. How's it going, Bill? What's up tonight, Nikki? Eh, not much. Kind of prepping for, I guess I'm pretty much prepping for Phillies since they're starting, what is it, Thursday? Do they start Thursday or Friday? I can't remember what day they start. Well, they said it on the broadcast, and I, I kind of quickly saw it. Hey, Sean, how's it going? Um... So, Flyers tonight, yeah, I mean, I don't know what really more to say. I mean, they got eliminated the other night. Um, that kind of – I kind of saw that coming. I was a little little surprised they weren't eliminated the night before, but, you know, Washington is pretty much unreliable for getting the job done, so we basically have to shoot ourselves in the foot just to, you know, get eliminated. And then, you know, tonight was, well, tonight, and, uh, you know, I have to say I do like what I've seen out of um, Kate's and um, what's it call it? Uh, the new guy. How do you say it? Ronnie Adderd. Ronnie Adderd, yeah. He looks He looks like he, he'll be – if this team can actually get in the right direction within the next five years, I feel like he's going to be a solid defenseman with whoever he's paired with. 
Yeah, uh, they have lots of guys who look like they can play in this league and no one who really stands out. And that's all right. You know, it's I'm not going to take – it's just, you know, it's one game. So, I mean, we'll see what he has to bring. You know, I don't know if I see him up with the team come next season. But, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see what training camp holds. And like you said, with the injuries and coots, if he comes back healthy, it's not a guarantee – same with Ellis, it won't be a guarantee. It's like I'm I'm really kind of interested to see if Fletcher is actually going to try and fix this mess because the way that the, – I mean, I'm not just using the trade deadline as, like, necessarily the way that I knew that it, it's going to go, but, like, I don't know. It seems like the summer off seasons, with the exception of, like, the year before last, you know, they look great on paper, but then as soon as it hits the ice, it's, like, a completely different story altogether, which I'm – honestly shocked to some degree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, uh, the 2019 off season went pretty well and they, they just never built upon it. You know, that year at that trade deadline, they bring in Nate Thompson and Derek Grant and it's like, okay, well you did nothing to help the team and the, they got hot and that was fun. But then the playoffs happened and they ran into Montreal who was just much faster than them. And they were lucky to win that series. Yeah. And then, you know, the Isles, more physical, better team game, better goaltending, they win. So it's – they have a lot to do. And I do think that they are going to try to fix it this off this off season. I'm not confident that they can – I'm definitely not confident that they can make a, you know, Stanley Cup contender out of what they have right now. But I mean, I wouldn't necessarily see us as a Cup contender, at least for another – I'm going to say at least a few years. A couple years being a couple years would be a little too lenient, but like the next few years, I see a possible, depending on what moves get made, depending on who gets who we whoever we draft, what get whoever gets traded. Like, yeah, I wouldn't mind losing out this season, but then again, we're kind of putting all of our eggs in one basket, hoping that you know by the time the draft lottery rolls around, that we're going to get like a number one or number two pick and. You know, the last time that happened, we drafted Nolan Patrick, and look how that worked out. So I'm kind of skeptical. I don't want to rely on the draft necessarily. But also, also look at Toronto. Sometimes you get players that good. No, well, yes, but then again, we're talking about Toronto. And we know when it comes to postseason, they cannot win a series to save their lives. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've run into teams better than them. And thanks a lot, Nikki. Uh, I'd rather draft good players, personally. Uh you, you have to go and buy players, and you know what happens. There isn't enough money against the salary cap to buy a team good enough. Uh, they're just this $82.5 million next year. You can't buy the amount of good players. No team can. If you started with a fresh slate, you couldn't You couldn't buy enough good players. Like It just doesn't work that way. You have to draft the top-end talent. It's the only way to get it under any sort of controlled cost. Uh, let's go to Warren Brody. Warren, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Going on uh, not much, not much. Daughter's home for for the week uh, from school, so it's been a good week. Uh, fires. So I don't ha- know how you fix this. I know we've had this discussion, but you can't just unless we get Johnny Gaudreau, which I guess could happen, but we have to have room under the cap, and then we need a center to go with him or someone that can score. I mean that that's probably the plan. So, but that being said, this is a 
long-term project. This is not something that gets fixed overnight. They just don't have enough players. And I, I just don't think the general manager, I think he's just bad. I know people are, you know, feeling, some people are feeling bad for him because some of these guys he traded for got hurt. But that's on him. I mean, you guys think he's average. Long. I think he's I think just not actually, that good. I think to actually pull off this offseason, like you have to get creative. You have to package right. things, lose a trade to be able to win another one, uh, three way trade. Like, I just don't think he's creative. I think he's just very average. He, and he needs that's to. Not, that's not enough. He needs to get rid of Van Riemsdyk, but he's going to have to trade someone decent with him to get rid of him. I wouldn't give up any more draft picks. I would just. Uh, you know, like maybe maybe Arizona thinks Morgan Frost is the next coming. Maybe you package them two together. It's you gonna know? take something like that. They have to get out from as much of the out from under as much of the seven. And, and, they have any chance they have to move on from JVR. They they really should have moved on from Atkinson too, because he's a good player, but he's just not gonna be here long term. Maybe he's here a few years, but they they could have gotten out from under that contract. I don't know if they could have but they should have been I, looking to. I think players uh, with term really don't get moved unless it's the off season. Like, yeah, yeah. Teams are yeah. looking for rentals at the deadline. They they want to give up a couple of assets to get a guy that they don't have to move a bunch of shit around yeah. to make work later on. I just think the other thing is, you know, whoever they bring in as coach, and he just needs to, they just need to be much better defensively, and they need to bring in better assistant coaches who can work with the, you know, get a good power play going is we, we really haven't, we don't, we really haven't focused on that in years. We, we've been terrible in the power play and look how many games it's cost us. And I think yeah. that's, and that's part of the talent issue too, but that's also coaching. So I think, uh, you know, to get the defensive game under control. I mean, the team, they just get lost out in the ice. If you watch them, there's just, you know, they play well for a while, and then all of a sudden they just get caught up ice, out of position. It's just, no, that's, you saw it a lot tonight. Like, Toronto was just kind of playing a waiting game in the offensive yeah. zone. Like, okay, they're moving it around the perimeter, and then eventually someone is just way out chasing something that they shouldn't be, and suddenly it's five on four. Like, yeah. it, it's it's very – they're very undisciplined that way. Yeah, it's just – I don't know. It's getting old. I think we've seen too much of it. I wish the season could stop tonight, uh, to be honest with you. It's just too too hard to watch. Thanks a lot, Warren. It is hard to watch. I should not have tried to chew ice while I was on live. But, uh, yeah, no, it is incredibly hard to watch. I cannot wait for this season to end. These games are beyond meaningless. I'm sitting here rooting for like the the Maple Leafs and whoever the Flyers are playing on any given night because I just want them to lose in regulation and have the best possible draft lottery odds to have the most options to get the best possible player in the draft. And that's like I really wish they would just forfeit the rest of these games. Uh, let's go to Patrick Reedmiller. Patrick, how's it going? How you doing, Bill? What's up tonight, Patrick? Uh, well, about fucking time. With fucking Keith Handel and like, yeah. ugh, like you know what's annoying? Like everybody on Twitter was like, "Oh my god! Like why are you scratching this veteran?" He's it, it was asinine. Specifically, Kevin it's, Weeks, Jeremy Roenick, and Carlo Kaliakmo. Like, are, are you are you kidding me? Like, it's this idea that like 
It's the whole problem with the streak to begin with. The only reason he got the streak is because he had the streak going. That's the only reason he got the record. He did not deserve to be in the lineup. And now all these people who are supposed to, like, you know, sports are supposed to be a meritocracy. Sports, like, it's supposed to be a competition for ice time. He has done nothing to, to warrant a minute of ice time. He is one of, if not the least effective players in the league. He is an open detriment when he's, he is on the ice. And saying, well, everyone else sucks too, that's not a good enough reason. Like, oh, we should just keep playing him because he has the streak going. So that means the streak means nothing. Like, because it's not impressive he's in the lineup if he, he's only in there because of the streak. There's nothing impressive about what he's doing. Like, it, 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 it's the biggest fucking nonsense argument in the world. Yeah, like, what is he, minus 36? Like, in how many games and the absurd amount of power time, power play time we've given him? Like, I'm so happy he's out. Like I, coming into tonight, he was minus thirty nine, and I'm not going to say like, oh, plus minus is an all important stat. It's not, but like he plays fourteen minutes a game on average. He usually doesn't break thirteen over the last like two months. Two of those minutes, almost two and a half of those minutes, are on the power play, where you usually aren't going to get a minus, and you can't get a plus either. But typically, you don't give up shorthanded goals. That means he's got about 12 minutes where he can where he can you know have a plus or a minus on his record and he's somehow minus 39 like there's not enough time to score all those goals against him but somehow they do. Oh yeah and like like uh I guess it was just absurd like people how many people were like saying oh he's got to keep the streak like listen this league's all about talent, and if you look at, like, what happened last night in the Anaheim game with um, Zegris, like, the announcer told him, like, oh, he deserves to be punched in the face. Like, no, this game's about skill. You want the skilled players doing skillful stuff. And yeah, I mean, everybody. that was just, that was just a, f- Jay Beagle just threw a fucking tantrum because he's yeah. not good enough. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I found that like, hilarious. Like, if two guys want to fight, like, McEwen and Simmons tonight, let them fucking fight. I love it. Fighting is what made me love hockey to begin with. But, like, that was just, I'm not good enough. I need to teach him a lesson to quit being so good. <laughs> like, it, it, it was asinine. And then I guess, uh, well, lastly, in reference to uh, the episode of BSH, I, I'm, I'm for Montgomery or Tortorella at this point. Like, man, just, just there's somebody interesting, you know? Yeah. Torch would be hilarious. Oh, just, I want to see Torch yell at Charlie so bad. Like, Me too. I, would I think wait, we all I do. would wait. I would wait to do post games until after the press availability if uh, if Torts was the coach, just so I could see if he yelled at Charlie every night. Oh, that's all I got, Bill. Thanks. Happy right, Mania thanks weekend. Thanks a lot, Patrick. Yeah, happy Mania weekend. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, let's go to Sean V. Sean, you're live on the post game. Hey, what's up, Bill? How's um, it going tonight? Good. I'm thinking about what you said, you know, with potentially either one of Pro V, TK, and Sanheim being gone. And, you know, my rationale, if we're going to trade one of those Hextall-era guys, is I want to trade the guy whose perceived value in the league is a lot higher than his actual value. And for me, I think that's Pro Rov. And I I think he played fucking awesome tonight. But, like, TK, I think everyone views him as a second-line winger, and I think he's a second-line winger. Yep. Sanheim, I think, is a second-pair D-man, and I think people see him that way. Provorov, I think, 
I think the whole league would see him as like a first line guy, eats minutes. Like, yep. Look at those minutes. Yeah, exactly. like it doesn't matter that he's not productive in them. And like I, I asked this a few shows ago, like how much stock are you going to put in these games? Yeah, Provorov has looked better, and he did play well tonight. That's better than he's looked all year. But it it's meaningless now. Like this is tree falls in woods territory. Like who gives a shit? These are meaningless exhibition games. You can't impress me, no matter what anyone does. Like especially a veteran. No, it's it's too late. This doesn't matter now. Your time to play well was when the games mattered. They no longer do. Exactly, and I mean. I know we've said it a million times with Provy that he needs a good partner, and I think York has looked really good with him. And as great as that is to have Provy looking good with a good partner, it's still an indictment. I'm like, dude, you need to make someone better besides. Yeah, yeah. like the type of partner he needs. Like I love Justin Braun, but it's the exact opposite of what Ivan Provorov needs. Ivan Provorov is a good defensive defenseman who can create offense when he's confident and he's only confident when he's playing good defense. That means you need an entire other guy to be the puck mover. Like when he's with someone like that, like Matt Niskanen's not awesome. He wasn't awesome. He just no, like, no. didn't turn yeah. the fucking puck over a ton and that's all they needed. Like, you know, Cam York probably is never going to be an all-star, but he knows how to puck handle. So everything looks better. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I don't know. If they keep him, I'd be fine with a pair like that going. I have no idea what the defense is going to look like. No one does because we know we don't know what Ellis is going to have. Yeah, but, I mean, there could – like, depending on what happens with Ellis, and I said at least one of those three guys gets traded, they could have five new defensemen, four or five new defensemen next year. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, this thing's a mess. They're horrible. Yeah. They're going to have to – there's going to be so many moving parts – uh, this off season, like it, it, when it when the dust settles, I have no idea what it's going to look like. Uh, yeah, I know. And when I talk to people about the retool, you know, we could talk about all these possibilities, and everyone everyone talks about the injuries coming back, and like people coming back from injury, and they really focus on the forwards. And I'm always just like, who the hell is going to play on this blue line? Like, I, I don't. Yeah, like they still. Their biggest, like, they have so many problems. Special teams, yeah. everything is a huge problem. Their biggest problem is still just breaking the puck out of their own end, and they only have a couple of guys who are, like, even competent at it. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask you real quick, I assume, I think I know your answer. Say we're drafting top five. I think the big needs on this team are center and probably defense, obviously, right-hand D. But say say there's a winger on the board, you're taking the best player, right? So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like they yeah. they need high end talent. It doesn't matter what position. If there's a fucking goalie there, I'd say take him. That's what I think, man. And I was watching this Slavkovsky dude. He is a stud. Yeah. I want the stud. Just take the stud. That's yeah, all. Yeah, just say. exactly. We need star players. You know what we have enough of? Good two-way, nice little middle six players. Like, exactly. No, we yeah. need high. I, I have no idea what any of these guys are going to be. Yeah. But the I, you need someone with star potential. Because even a guy with like star potential, you, I always think of like Jonathan Druin, who's not that great. But you know, what Tampa traded him for like something they very badly needed in a top four defenseman, yeah. and you need because of his quote unquote star potential and draft pedigree, he was still worth that. Even though like you know the best GM in the league basically said, yeah, we don't really need this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I I really just hope they take a guy like that. I mean, 
just tonight's a great example. The, the game was kind of close, and the Flyers were hanging with a team way better than them. And then Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews said, oh, we're just way better than anyone on the ice. Yeah. Take, we need that. You need guys like yeah, that. Just every, just win a shift, take over a shift, take over yeah. a period, win a game. Like, how many games could they win if someone just took over in the third? It's like, even this year, when they're absolute trash, they're one of the worst teams in the league. A couple yeah. of star players to like they could easily be on the bubble in the playoffs if somebody took over in a third period every now and then. Absolutely. Hey, right, thanks, thanks a lot, Sean. Stud. Take the stud. Yeah, always take the stud. Appreciate it, Sean. Uh let's see here. Let's go to I can't remember who was next. I think it was Andrew. Andrew D, you're up. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, Bill, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. How's it going tonight, Andrew? Good. Um, call me a Flyers homer or call me someone who's had a little too much uh, mudslides as I was watching the hockey game. But... You know, I can I can almost see where the Flyers could do the rebuild if we had a good general manager and a good coaching staff. And it, it's uh, – you, you look at the third line and you look at the players that we have on it. And, we, you know, between Frost, Tippett, Allison, Forrester, Brink, there's got to be a good third line in there somewhere. And it would be one that would cost us like $4 million against the salary cap. Um, and quite frankly, if you have a third line that's $4 million against the salary cap, you can afford to go and buy someone like Kadri or buy someone like Goudreau and bring them in and do what we did with, you know, I think it was Hartnell, where we just overpaid him to come play for us uh, and be a first liner. And and then that's and that's what they need is they need elite talent to play with Couturier, or they need elite yeah. they they need elite talent to play with, um you know hopefully a a, a healthy Provorov and a healthy uh what what's his face Ryan, Who's not, Ellis. Ryan Ellis, so it's it, because because you look at the other half of the roster and you say between Travis Konechny, Hayes, Farabee, Lawton, 
somewhere in there is a really good second line. And you can throw Lindblom. Like, those are five guys who have played on the second line. And there's got to be a good one in there somewhere. Yeah, they have lots of they have lots of depth pieces, Andrew. And thanks a lot. Uh, they they have all that stuff. It's just like what they need are the most expensive, hardest things to get. Most teams don't let their elite players get away. When elite players hit the market, they make a shit ton of money. Like look at what Kevin Hayes and JVR got in free agency: seven mil, seven point whatever mil. You know. These are not elite players. They're good. Uh, JVR was good when they signed him. He was good for a few years here. Uh, but, you know, Kevin Hayes is a decent enough second-line center. He get, think about what those elite players that they need get on the open market. It's more than they have right now. They have to get creative this offseason if they're going to be able to afford it. I don't think, I don't think this guy can get creative. Uh, Corey, Corey, you're live. Hey, hey, uh, How's it going tonight, Corey? Really good. Um, I put this in the chat, and uh, I just have a quick question. Um, what do you think about the Flyers trading for um, Dodonov and then like buying him out this summer? Um, I just want to get your quick thoughts on that. I, I can't understand you, Corey. I'm sorry. You're... Sound was a little distorted there. Uh, let me see if I can find it in the chat. Uh, trading for somebody. But overall, I, uh, I'm i not crazy about the idea of trading for anybody and buying them out. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, uh, the Donov. Um, eh. I'm just yeah, they'll get assets for it, and they need those assets to be able to pull off uh, the trades they need to pull off. But man, they also need cap space, and I'm just not crazy about dedicating cap sp- dead cap space right now. Like they need to get out from under uh, some of their financial issues, not take on more. But you know, they are going to have to get creative, so. It, that's a way to accumulate assets to be able to make a trade down the line. It's not the worst idea. Uh, Johnny Dyer, Johnny, you're live. How's it, Bill? How's it going tonight, Johnny? Oh, great, man. I'm sorry, I'm coming in soft. I could tell. I think uh, I'm, I'm so I was so psyched to see that that Yandel got scratched <laughs> or whatever. Oh, it was so great because I feel like. Like everybody's all bent out of shape about it and everything, but like that was my favorite part about it was all the takes. Oh, oh, it was. You know what? I I think it's great that we had to sit and eat this whole season, so now he has to take a bite of this shit sandwich that he made for us, and I love it. Uh, and like you know, the guy like he seems like a good teammate. He seems like sure. a good pro and everything. He should retire and be the fucking coach then. Yeah. Like if if his entire value is intangible, well, you know where that works as a coach. <laughs> Like then, like if you bring nothing on the ice, and like he is by any metric the worst defenseman in hockey. Like I mean, what? Why should he be in the lineup? Because he's he says, slow. Thank you. He's slow. He's not physical, and he doesn't score, and he can't defend. So what does he do well? Like, say that. Like that's it. He says that's that. It. Like that's exactly it. 
I don't know how, how many times has he even gone behind the net to get the puck this year. He might find him. He might find himself in a fucking corner, and you know he's not going to do that. Like Jesus. Well, he goes in and fishes the puck out of the net. So yeah. Says, excuse me. He probably says excuse me too. I'm sure he does say excuse me quite a bit. <laughs> I, I think it'd be the ultimate troll job by Yo if he puts him back in the next game. Like that I, would be really fun. I would like Mike Yo after that, just for that. And speak like on head coaches, like <laughs> I know you guys talked about it this week, like uh, I, or yeah, the last uh, BSH episode, and you guys were talking about maybe in this this upcoming one, you guys will talk head coaches. Uh, somebody said torts already. Like, do you can you give us a sneak peek of like who you think you might? Not even like who you think they'll bring in because they could probably just keep fucking Mike Yo and who the hell. Yeah. That's like I think you can't do yo simply like again Mike yo I have no idea he might be an awesome coach he might be fucking Herb Brooks but you can't bring a guy back with his results you no. know like you no. oh they lost every single game he coached oh yeah he's coming back like you can't yes. do that uh, like so <laughs> you know like that would just be ridiculous so like I I really think that new assistant Torchetti could be the guy. Um, Fat Lindros. I would love, awesome. I would love, I would, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Russian Lindros. Is what he's, <laughs> he's got, he's got the eyebrows of the Russian coach from Miracle and on Lindros's face. <laughs> if, if the power play had done anything when he showed up, then I might yeah. be like, oh, okay, like something, but you know, they just, they let in that shorty tonight, which was. It got worse. <laughs> like, not unbelievable, but like, yeah, that, that kind of sounds right for this season. And then, like, uh, as as bad as Michelle Terrian's power play was, like I didn't think it gets worse was on the table, but here <laughs> here we are. Somehow. I know I was like, wins, nah, but it's brutal. <laughs> it's just so ugly. It's the worst. Like they, if they, when they do score power play goals, like one out of every five games, I'm like genuinely like, holy shit, how? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, uh, Matt's not in the chat, but uh, <laughs> he's the one who usually brings up. Uh, he's the one who said potato when he was talking about oh. Fletcher, right? Yeah. So, I, a bunch of some guys are talking um, draft already, and like, yeah, they're gonna pick real, real good, real high. You know, like probably top seven. You think? You know, even if they lose, somehow they don't win. You know, somebody jumps them. The the worst they'll probably do is six or seven. That's my guess. Probably in that, hopefully in that zone, uh, like at worst six or seven. But at man, worst, I'm just yeah, like right. praying. I'm just like praying for a top five. And and which which is in within their reach. But like yeah. like like oh, Matt yeah. would say, do you trust anybody in this organization? To oh no, that guy exactly. So it almost doesn't matter. That's, they they just need a guy. They just need a guy who's unbreakable. Like hopefully <laughs> they get they get someone who's just good enough and doesn't need to be developed or coached. Like that's <laughs> it. <laughs> if, if there's just a player out there who can never talk to anyone in this organization and be awesome, that's who they need. <laughs> That's oh, that's man. the that's that's the best case scenario. <laughs> Thanks for doing these, Bill. Uh, you got it, Johnny. Thanks for joining me. Uh, we have a few more here. Uh, just Harris Barnes is left, so Harris is back, and then we'll wrap things up. What's up, Harris? Um, so with Ristolainen, like, I don't get like his point on the team because I think 
physicality is overrated unless you're hurting people. Like if you're intimidating people and or hurting people, like you're crushing people in the open ice, like Stevens, Casparitis, Cronwall. Like I don't think physicality matters that much. Honestly. And like that's the like it's an element and you need like other elements too. <laughs> like it seems to be the only like if he was doing that and somehow putting up anything close to the scoring numbers he did in Buffalo, I could live with it. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to fit him into this box as like a stay at home guy and it is not working at all. And like, he, yeah, his, I, you know, I do think you need to be tougher to play against. I think you need to have a yes. physically tough team to win in the playoffs, but like, are the Philadelphia Flyers this season any harder to play against than they were last season? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Um, and, and like, <laughs> And I think he has the tools and like he's shown at times, like you go back to his days in Finland and early days in the NHL, the world junior um, golden goal. Like he has the tools to be something very good, but like, I don't think he's used probably he's been on like dog shit teams and like with the flyers, <sighs> tell him to play offense more or put him in position like where he's hitting people and it's in like good spots and he's not chasing hits like in, I don't know. I, I don't get, but, and then like they trade a first round pick for him and, and then they resign him. What, what is the point? So (laughs) like they're going to overpay. They're either going to like way overpay for Gaudreau. That'd be fun. But um, I I don't think he's going to come at this point. They've just ruined themselves. So they're going to really overpay for Kadri if he decides to come. So, Like and they might. Kadri is the like he's the funniest one because like he's the player that they think they need. Like he and he would, he could be effective. He's just old. Yeah, and like no, he's a he's a fine player. It's just like if you're expecting him to to be a point of game player again next year, I got news for you, it ain't gonna happen. Like this is a completely unsustainable contract year and good for him because he's going to really cash in on it. But like, he's not young. He's not going to produce like this. Uh, definitely not for any lengths of time. And like, uh, he's going to get $9 million. <laughs> so. Like imagine. So he has 83 points in, in 65 games for Colorado this year and, and doing adjusting for level of team strength. If he came to the flyers, he would play 75 games and he would revert, revert back to like 44 to 50 points. Yeah. And that, oh. that might not be terrible, but it could be worse. And, and if he's getting paid that much, fans are going to hate him because he makes so much. Yeah. Oh, 100%. That's exactly, if they were to go get him, that's exactly what I see happening. Like a 65 point season would be huge for him. Yeah, because like his previous career high over a um, eighty-two game season, sixty-one points. Yeah, like, like he in I guess his first full year or te- sort of full year in the league, he had forty-four points in that forty-eight game lockout season in twelve thirteen. But like sixty-one is his high before this. So yeah, I mean you're not sustaining, it. and then you're playing on a much worse offensive team. Like imagine if he puts up thirty-seven. And like it's JVR, except you you gave him like a Villy Lano deal, and it's like Villy Lano and <laughs> Buffalo all over again. Like and you have to buy, uh, like that's uh, I don't know. I, I I think the Flyers picking high, they um, they can't blow. It. And I'm looking at Tankathon right now. They are six points out of the first 
spot in the lottery odds. Like Montreal's they're fourth right now. They have uh, New Jersey and Buffalo are a point ahead for five and six. Chicago um, and Columbus owns that pick unless it's top two is at 58 points. If the Flyers just keep losing, if they shut down Hart or they just keep being bad, and I looked at the schedule, there's a lot of very losable games, obviously. Oh, yeah. They could be they could be third, and if Seattle gets a little bit hotter, uh, it, they could be second. Um, and, and, then, and then if you're second, it worst your pick is fourth. So right now, at worst, they're picking a sixth. It is amazing how bad some of these other teams must be. Like, I cannot imagine been, watching some them, of them on a nightly high. basis. Like, like yeah, like Montreal. Montreal was playing well for a bit. Uh, Arizona, Arizona played well for a little while there. They were scoring a ton of goals. It was fun as hell for a few nights. But, like, I, I – how could you possibly lose less than the Flyers? And that's, you know what? They don't. The Flyers just have all these fucking overtime losses. That's really, like, they'd be in last place. The Flyers have 11 OTL points, and the uh, Canadiens have 11 OTL points. So, yeah, I mean, if they if they have half, they're, like, at two with Seattle. And, like, yeah. chasing with Arizona. So, like, your point all year has been, like, why are you getting extra points? Like when you should have just been winning games early in the season and staying in contention. Um, yeah, they – but, yeah, I mean, your your theory and what you want, it's correct. Like just keep losing. Like have guys uh, try them out in spots, see how well they can play, and it, then be in a spot where you're guaranteeing you're picking no worse than sixth. Maybe yeah. pick no worse than fifth because – with how the new lottery odds are, it's, it's unlikely that two teams jump them. So, like, the Flyers are picking fifth, and we'll have an assortment of guys they could choose from. I think two to ten is fairly interchangeable. Wright's at one, and then it, it really sort of depends on who teams pick. And I guess maybe, maybe it's better that, like, there'll be a couple teams ahead who will pick guys and then – it won't make the decision as tough or maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking it, but um, yeah, they just need to keep losing and hopefully Hart isn't hurt or his confidence isn't shot. Cause like two, two seasons of like one was horrendous. Like the team was okay, but like he was horrendous. And this year he's looked a lot better, but the team just doesn't play any defense. Yeah. And that's uh thanks a lot, Harris. It's man, this off season is We've just been talking about what they have to do this offseason for so long that it's going to feel weird when it finally gets here. Uh, but uh, they got a lot to do, and they're so bad. It's going to be <laughs> – As I don't want to like, oh, they're going to overpay. Like, I don't want to complain about what they're going to do before they do it simply because, like, we're going to have so much time to complain about it. But it is funny. You just see something stupid coming, like – uh, maybe maybe they got the stupid out of the way with the wrist line and deal, and from here on out, Chuck Fletcher will uh, will become a good general manager again. All right, that is all the time I have for you on tonight's post game. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. Uh, I am, as I've said before, taking tomorrow's post game off to watch WrestleMania with my boys. 
Uh, I will be back for the game after that. I don't remember when it is, probably Tuesday. Uh, I don't know. I don't have the schedule in front of me. But I will be back after, uh, not for Sunday's game, but for the one following that, and then probably for the rest of the season. So uh, check out the post games while you can. There's only, what, 14 left now? So, yeah. All right. That's it for me. Uh, Again, thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody.